Welcome everybody to the 17th podcast from the People's Pundits, myself Kevin Clark and Ian Hart and this week I'm pleased to say we are joined by our guest Andy Harriet, aka Albion legend, the Ferret. <laughs> now to the uninitiated Andy, including me, I guess for our listeners you need to explain two points in that sentence, Albion legend and Ferret. Well, <laughs> hello, first of all. But uh, yeah, there is, a, there is one massive factual inaccuracy in that statement. That's the first part, of course. <laughs> you will uh, always be a legend in my eyes. <laughs> a legend, maybe a foot, yes, but not a legend. Uh, and the ferret. OK, yes. Uh, that probably takes us back to about 1999 when the Albion went back to Withdean or returned to Brighton to play at Withdean. Uh, it was great after after the occasional foray to Gillingham uh, to actually get back to Brighton. And uh, I started going along regularly from the very first game. You know, the, the Mansfield 6-2, was it, I believe? Darren Freeman scoring a hat-trick. And uh, took my son along with me, and we went to home and away games. Now, the, the away games I went to on the train with a group of other people, one of whom included a young guy called Ben who was doing a journalism course. And oh, as right. part of that course, he decided he wanted to launch a fanzine. Now, fanzine culture has been a big part of Brighton. Uh, Ian, of course, knows very well how, it, how it's like with the fanzines. Uh, there, there wasn't one when we returned to Brighton. And so Ben decided to, to launch one. He called it Keep the Faith. And he got all of his friends to write for him. Now, when you write for a fanzine, you typically write under a nom de plume, a pseudonym, uh, so he said to me, what's your nickname? I didn't have one, really. So I had to cast my mind back way back. <laughs> that was printable. Yes. <laughs> way back to a previous job I had when uh, we all had lecture set names on our desks and we came in one morning to find that people had changed all our names. Uh, and I, my name, Andy Harriet, had been changed by somebody to Bandy Ferret. The Bandy dropped, the Ferret stuck, and Ferret has been my nickname ever since. So... Yeah, started working for the fanzine, started writing a scurrilous column, a gossip column, if you like, uh, ferreting out the gossip, I think was the, uh, mm. the, the, the subheading. Uh, and it would take the form almost like of a, of a monthly diary, because we produced the fanzine once a month, and I'd say, on this day, this thing was happening. And I'd mix in real facts with a bit of scurrilous bits and pieces mm. that I could pick up there. Uh, as much truth as possible, didn't want to be sued, of course, but uh, in true fanzine <laughs> style. <laughs> Uh, worked for the fanzine for a couple of years and the next thing I knew I got a phone call from uh, the head of media at the club Paul Camlin to say that uh, Dick Knight had contacted him about this ferret who writes in the fanzine I thought I was going to due for the high jump you know blooming now Chairman Dick Knight wants to have a pop at me or something I've written about him but no Dick Knight had said to Paul this is exactly the sort of person we need writing for the website not for the fanzine so I jumped ship. I went from being a fanzine writer to a website columnist uh, for the Albion in 2000. Uh, and really, that's where my Albion yeah. career started and lasted for 16 years. Yeah, I mean, fanzines, you mentioned fanzines. The internet killed the fanzine, really, didn't it? Yes, I mean, I think there's been a few attempts at fanzines subsequently, yeah. but... Uh, yeah. I mean, a bit, we, we did Goldseye from 88 yeah. to 97, 100 issues, um, you know, regularly sold out, but I don't think you could do that now. I don't think um, the punters want something that they can buy. It's, no. It's, it's like, it, it, it is quite sad. We're, it's, it's almost become part of the disposable society, but, mm. you know, we used to send our, our, our fanzine all over the, uh, the world. In fact, 
when I go to Oz for the cricket, the Australian Brighton Ave Albion Supporters Club, which was the biggest core goals I mail all the people, that and uh, America, and it was a, I think it was nine in Australia and eight in America, or seven or eight in America. So I'm going to go to one of their meetings in Perth, and, and um, they've got over 400 members now. Amazing stuff, but... No, fanzine. You've got yeah. global hearts. We went global before, <laughs> yeah. it, before it was, but what I'm saying is I don't, fanzines were, were, it were takes... really... Don't forget, it was the fanzine, i.e. Goals Eye, that oh, yes. the gold being sold story. Hence my comment, really, that fanzines has been a big part of Albion's history. But the problem no. being, we weren't out. No. So that, because it was in July, we had to go to the... Uh, we had to go to the Argus. But fanzines take time to put together. Yeah. You know, you, you're reliant on your writers. They're trying to write things. And inevitably, they'll lean on issues. And as you say, the internet catches you up. And by the time you've gone to print, the story's dead or it's moved on so far that what you've gone to print with doesn't make sense. No. Uh, it's a very, very Happy sad. days. Well, well, welcome, Andy, number yeah. one. And thanks for explaining that. And it's is, it is a shame about the fanzines, isn't it? I don't know if it's social media as well that has, has, has sort of kicked them into touch a bit more. I mean, Manchester United used to have a really good one, Red Issue, didn't they? I mean, that, and that was really scurrilous. And I think Rangers had a good one. And, you know, and it, it, the, it, was, it was a bygone yeah. era, but it was of its time. So, yes. And, and it's sad that it's gone now. I mean, in, in 15 years' time, North Stand Chat might be a thing of the past. You, you mm-hmm. don't know, do you? Yeah. So, yeah, I started working for the club in their media capacity on their, their website. At the time, the club had just signed up with a Football League initiative. Uh, all of the clubs in the Football League signed up to it. If you're familiar with club websites of the time, they all had the same look and feel. But the clubs had to provide the content. The league in their yeah. deals provided the structure. And so uh, Paul, as head of media, recruited several people to help. We also had an internet television channel that I did a few spins on with uh, Nikki Keegshevlin, who was the Southern Sound presenter at the time. Eventually, they realised that there was only room for one pretty one. So uh, I was moved to the sidelines uh, and Nikki took over as the main main frontage of that. So, yeah, I, I carried on working for Paul and the media team for four or five seasons until Dean Wilkins took over as manager. And Dean was always uh, very, very much into statistics and, uh, and getting that out of the game, that extra 20% out of a game that you can get from looking at stats. Nowadays, of course, every premiership manager has an armful of stats uh, and an iPod, iPad during the, during the game to tell him exactly what's going on. Back in the day, there was nothing really like that. Dean approached Paul and said he'd like somebody to compile some stats for him during the game. And did Paul have anybody free who could do that? Um, Paul nominated myself because uh, he knew from my day job I worked with numbers. Uh, and so I worked with Dean on statistics, match day statistics, performance analysis, you might say. Uh, and did well, that. you will love this, said Andy, because Hartley <laughs> always calls me the Stato. Yeah, so he does, he does stat- tend to catch me out, though, Stato meets Stato. <laughs> so there you go. Exactly. We're going right, to go head so, to head. So yeah. looking at the weekend then, uh, Andy. So we've seen... Um, I guess later on we're going to be talking a bit more about Huddersfield and Brighton's wins because it's going to be yeah. one of our sort of topics later and also the managerial situations at Everton and at Leicester. So, so putting those to one side because we'll be on them later, some of the key moments to me, I guess the first one I'd like to call out, an interesting one, I, I was at Wembley actually, uh, was Spurs' destruction of Liverpool. Mm. Now, my question is, was it really a destruction of Liverpool? If you look at the stats here, mm-hmm. Liverpool, 
possession. 12 shots to Spurs 14, but seven on target to Spurs 6. So we have a couple of sort of high-profile defensive errors here. Really masked what happened at Wembley. You know, did Spurs really smash Liverpool? Or was it just a couple of individual errors that have made it the scoreline look that way? Sorry, Andy, we get Jeremy and the pacemakers coming in. Because <laughs> he's so pro-Liverpool. Uh, yeah. bloody yeah. true. So what do you think, guys? Well, well, you watch the game, did yeah, you take it? I mean, I would say that, and this is a good rule to apply to just about any football match, Eliminate, take the goal. Watch the watch the ninety minute game, but with the goals edited out, and then ask somebody, okay, what was the result? Now, if you watch that game, Liverpool, Tottenham, and took the goals out, and let somebody watch the eighty or so minutes that's left, what do you think the man in the street would say the goal? What would say the scoreline was? And based on you know the statistics, uh, and taking the goals out, you probably have said, oh, one one draw. Absolutely. Ah, oh, look at this. He can come back every week. I'll see. But, but, the, but, but obviously, football's not like that. Football's but, all about goals. But, then, but, then, but let's go to the West Ham game on Friday night. And it was again, I saw a match of the day Saturday night, 65-35. But Brighton won 3-0. Mm-hmm. And we're a country mile. I think Spurs, have, and I really do think, if Spurs have been playing at White Hart Lane, they would have more than a serious challenge for Manchester City. Maybe Wembley will get in the way. But Spurs set up now to invite you on and then they catch you on the counter-attack. And it's clearly working. Is it not? Good. I mean, Harry Kane, right, was, was absolutely outstanding in that game. It was just a masterclass centre-forward performance. But I'm not, you know, I was there at the game and I But all I've read about see, is it wasn't a four one. All I've read about is well it was a four one. I know. <laughs> but all I've but read it, about is Liverpool's woes. Now you now yes. I am pleased that you've said that Harry Kane had a had a masterclass. He did. But absolutely. I haven't really seen that. All I've seen is that Liverpool is comic defending. Um, you know, the, the, there's issues with the keeper, there's issues with the back four, five or, or whatever. And Klopp is a, is on could he be on borrowed time? I don't know. But that is that is today's media. They accentuate the negatives, not the positives. You're always gonna. That's you're always gonna. It's yeah, horrible. You're always gonna get the negatives pulled out. So the team that lo- loses, especially if it's a high-profile team like Liverpool, are gonna get hammered more than the team that's beaten them. But it's should crazy. we not be celebrating the beautiful game? I guess the answer to that is what sells. What gets people reading the article on Jordan. the website? Okay, you know, she sells. And uh, can I just ask one question? Kevin? Yes. How many tickets did Liverpool have for that game? Well, you get three thousand, don't you? Maximum. Is that all you get? You can't get any because more than three thousand. Because it was the 000. highest ever Premiership game ever, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. That's Eighty-one thousand. Right. Liverpool. Well, three thousand is the Premier League max. So there were seventy-eight thousand Spurs fans. There. Absolutely. Max or, or minimum, they could give them more if they so desired. Surely, I think. I think they have to give them three thousand. It's ten percent. It's ten percent of your gate. So someone like Bournemouth, for example, because they've got a low capacity, yeah. they only have to give like fifteen hundred yeah. so, or something. Yeah, the minimum or ten percent yeah, or three thousand as yeah. a as a minimum. Yes. So if if Tottenham had wanted to give Liverpool ten thousand, yeah. they could have done. There's nothing to stop them doing that. Is Looking there some... at the section now? I don't think they did. Obviously not. No. If it, if it's not really a question, as a reg as a regular at the Albion and yes. not Liverpool, yes. How did you end up getting a ticket for that then? Well, that was just, I was just in the right place at the right time. You bought a ticket off a town, it was, No, no, it was corporate. It was corporate. Oh, corporate. Oh, oh, customer. Yeah, we customer. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Customer, <laughs> you see. 
And uh, my, my son was very pleased. That's a Batman, though. It's the, th- yeah. the third time I've taken him to Wembley to watch Liverpool, and they've lost every time. So oh, I, don't, I don't think he's ever going to want to go again, to be honest. But anyway, so so, so that was sort of um, Liverpool over the weekend with Spurs. Um, Bournemouth, massive win. second, Only second win of the season for uh, Eddie Howe. Away to Stoke. What's your take there? I think, Harty, you said you fancy Bournemouth, don't you, to well, survive? Uh, yeah, I fancy Bournemouth to survive. What about Stoke? I think it is in that mini-league, because I did back Stoke to go down at the start, start of the season. We're going to talk about managerial changes a little yes. bit later on, but I do wonder how long Mr Coates is, is going to put up with Hughes at Stoke. I think, yeah, know. I mean, it's strange, really, when you look back at clubs like Stoke that most people think are an established premiership side these days. And I can, you know, as somebody who really has been so Brighton over the years, I've, I've tended to only pay lip service to the premiership. I remember Stoke. I see Stoke as a, as one of our Brighton yeah. rivals, you know, the... Go, traveling up to the Britannia and on the Friday night, yeah. you remember when we went in my old Picasso? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was the bloody traffic, wasn't it? it of course, was terrible. We got about call so, seven. So Luke, St- Luke, Lee Steele, wasn't it? Lee Steele, yeah. We won, yeah. And Bobby was think Bobby was playing. Peter Taylor, yeah. Yeah, Peter 2002 Taylor. it was something like that. Fifteen years ago. But the whole point yeah. I'm getting it to is, is Stoke are not an established Premiership. There's probably only about. Eight sides, genuinely, you can say are. But what, but what do you class as? Yeah. What do you class as? Someone who, there, okay, someone there seven seasons, Someone who you'd be shocked to see relegated, Everton, but for no, example. But you can't. You see, but Andy, you're getting into that. You're too good to go down. I think it's only now. I think it's only. Well, no, Spurs went down, didn't they, in '77? So I think now in the top flight. All right. I football did exist before 1992, <laughs> so I think it is now only Everton and Arsenal, and Arsenal, that's and right. I think everybody else has been relegated. Yeah, right. even Man Absolutely. City. Well, no, Bournemouth haven't been relegated because they've gone up, yeah. haven't they? So give them time. Yeah, give them, give them time. time. <laughs> no, so so no, that is an interesting point, Andy. But what do you class? I guess I, I guess as, uh, for me, because I mean, you're saying shocked. I mean, we could see a big yeah. club go down this year. We I don't could. think Everton will go down. Yeah. I've lost my bet with you, and yes. I freely admit that. But I would think that the next Everton manager will be there longer than Jurgen Klopp. I'll have double or quits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, well, I think Stoke, you know, established in the sense of they've not been in a relegation fight, have they? They've been safe mid-table and even well, top 10 as well yeah. for a few seasons but are they getting into the Charlton scenario where the Charlton fans were moaning when they were finishing 10th mm. and they got curbishly out didn't they and then they went into a tailspin well, Southampton fans last season only finishing 8th yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk so, about that later though then. so into our, our topics for, uh, yeah. for today's podcast so we're going to cover credit where credit's due which we've sort of got onto well, a bit there where do the smaller teams get credit for some of their, the great results, or do we focus on the negatives like Liverpool's defence, as you mentioned? So we've got a few examples of that. The management merry-go-round as well. Um, Everton and Leicester, by the time this podcast goes out, I mean, the, the Leicester appointment may well have been made, mm-hmm. but we will touch upon that. And as always, we'll wrap up with uh, the Super Cool and Major Tool uh, nominations. So, so let's kick off with credit where credit's due. And, and, and I think... This is one, I mean, the examples we, we've spoken about, maybe uh, Huddersfield, Manchester United. Uh, you've got Brighton against West Ham. Two big wins uh, for the promoted clubs. You could say Palace against Chelsea. 
the other week. And I think mm. your concern in particular, Harty, you're feeling that there's more time spent on the problems of the big clubs and debating them for 80% of the time and not focusing on what the other teams have done. But delivered. you see, I think, I think Brighton are every biggest club as, as West Ham now. So I was really disappointed to come out of that ground Friday night. They haven't night. got a 60,000 no, stadium, stadium, have they? Yeah, no, but they don't rent their stadium. No. Brighton yeah. own their stadium. Know, but and they can fill it. With, it is 60,000, but you do have to have 60,000 people. It's, it's nice to have the majority of those 60,000 seats still sat in in the 89th minute. Did you not think that was poor? Well, I, Did you I, not think that if they go down, which is, is possible, if they go down... Are they going to fill it in the championship every week? I don't think so. But you, I don't think... You look at West Ham's history as well. I don't think you can call Brighton as big a club as West Ham. You look at history, you look at trophies, you look at European no, football. No, I would potentially now. I would potentially now. I would accept... I, would I mean, accept Wolves that. were a big club. Blackburn Rovers were a big Blackpool were a big club. Leeds. But they're not now, are they? Leeds. Club. But they're not a big club now. What I'm saying is, potential now, I think Brighton are every bit as big as West Ham. Do you I think not agree with that then? Potential's a big word in that sentence, isn't it? Uh, if West Ham were still at the Berlin ground, then maybe. But having now got this tenure at the Olympic Stadium, I think it'd be... Assuming they get over their current woes, I think it would be very difficult for Brighton to keep pace with West Ham over the next 10 years. Yes, there'd be seasons, of course, where we hope and expect Brighton would finish above them. But again, if you're looking back at and, and comparing who's the bigger club, I think now that they're at no, the no, Olympic Stadium... You misheard. I'm saying that we are now. When we came out of that ground on, on Friday night and I listened to Talk Sport driving home and all it was was about West, how bad West Ham were, how bad mm-hmm. West Ham were. And it wasn't a minnow beating a bigger club. I think we are on a, we are on a level playing field with them now, to a degree. To a degree. And, and it's our first season in the Premiership, remember. And, and again, the Talk Sport journalists, the national media... Yes, they've seen Brighton coming up on the rails, but it's to them, Brighton are like Bournemouth. You and I probably both think Bournemouth are a small club for the Premiership. We don't think Brighton are. But the national media would see us in the same light as Bournemouth, just a, a new arrival yeah, into the yeah, Premier no, League. I, th- I think Bournemouth are a great club and, and they're a well-run club. Very, I'm dubious about the Defoe deal because that's silly, silly money. I, th- I see he was out injured this week again. Um... Kevin and I have both said it. The problem with Bournemouth now is if they move to this super stadium, there's a possibility by the time they get there, they could be in the championship. Uh-huh. You see, we did it the right way, that we ended up getting in the premiership but, when we had the established stadium. But back to this credit where credit's due, yeah. this is really the question here, isn't it? And I would actually say, I um, obviously was at the game, uh, yeah. like you, Harty, but, and I'd recorded it and I had a... Fast forward through, and I saw you know Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher. To be honest, were extremely complimentary about Brian, about Duncan yeah. Duffy, about yeah. Bruno, yeah. about. So I, I disagree. To be honest, I think Brian did get a lot of credit. For I'm that just game. going, but not as not coming back on the radio yeah. and the following day, and they actually had a Brighton fan come on Talksport about 11 o'clock on the Saturday morning. He said, look, I've listened to two hours of how bad West Ham were. When are you actually going to say how good Brighton were? So there was a bias. Okay, so maybe the bias then, playing devil's advocate here, the people... Judge Jeffries. Judge Rinder. (laughs) The pundits watching the game live, your Neville's, your Carragher's, were giving Brighton the credit. 
They did. That the media who may not have seen the game live on a Friday night, they could be yeah. doing other things instead and have just reflected on the result and maybe seen brief highlights, have hammered West Ham. Yeah. Pardon the pun. So, again, it's it's a difference between a pundit watching the game live and... and the story, and, the headlines, like it's Bill, yeah. let's be honest, Slavin Bilic there, you've got a manager who's been under threat for a while... And I guess a lot of people would have looked at that game and thought, is that the tipping point that's mm. going to get him out the door? And then yeah. that becomes headlines right. well, again. Well, well, let's flip well, it then, because we don't want to be too pro-Brighton, because mm. this podcast goes round, says so, round, round the globe. <laughs> <laughs> but I am. Um, but again, Huddersfield, Manchester United. Huddersfield yeah. didn't get the credit for that result. No. No. Why, did, why, why, why didn't they? Because yeah, Jose was, Marino came out and gave him credit. Yeah, he actually, he's for best, once, right. came out in the press conference but they were and talking said about how he lost to the better side. He lost to the better side. And last night, Wolves, Man City. All I've seen today is... OK, Man City did win in the shootout, but all yeah. I've seen today is Man City and how poorly they played and blaming the football. Yeah. Where's, so, where, where's the credit, credit for Wolves for taking yeah. 120 minutes? Yeah. And the Wolves might get through now because of this substitute thing. Because yeah. with the rules. See, no, I've seen no credit for Wolves at all. In fact, the, most of the stories today have been about uh, Guardiola blaming the football. Yeah. So it's not just about those football, other games. Yeah. The football's had a lot of. The press. topic is Kev credit where credit's yeah. due, and sometimes teams don't get it. I'm even going to defend Arsene Wenger here. It was all about Coman and how woeful Everton were. You know, nobody said Arsenal scored five goals away from home. It is. I think it's. I, I get the point because there's the bit about. I think the hook is about selling like papers and getting people ringing in. And I suppose maybe the talk sports scenario, they want people phoning into the show. And how many are going to ring in off the back of, oh, wasn't Lewis Dunk fantastic the other night? Was sick, versus yeah, how many are going to ring in to say, should Billich go? You know, should we, oh, yeah. West Ham, you know. So if you like, the two questions now. they could ask is Dunk for England, yes, no. Billich to go, yes, no. Yeah. It's clearly the Billich yes no is going to get the most callers, even though maybe Dunk should get an England call up. There was stuff on social media about that, wasn't there? Saying that Southgate was looking at oh, Dunk I think, I think uh, for an England thought, call up. You know, I thought both of them, Duffy and Dunk, were superb. There was stat was on match of the day on Saturday night. West Ham put twenty nine crosses in, didn't they? And, and, Jamie and Carragher got... loved honestly. He was waxing lyrical about uh, you know sort of old school defending to a degree, well, but he said it was great. I mean it the was. blocks and the cr- the clearance and yeah. crosses. It was it was uh, it was phenomenal. So, so yeah, so, I mean uh, I think my summary of the question is simply that negativity peaks interest more than positivity, and that's why. In any isn't field. that a shame? Of course, it's a shame. In but the it's the fact game. of life, you know. And it's not just in football; it's everywhere. But in football, particularly, you're, they're always going to look for the negative angle, whatever it is, rather than the positive angle. And invariably, that's going to be the bigger clubs doing poorly rather than the, the smaller clubs doing well. Mm. So, negatives and positives, right? With that, we link us on nicely here, right? To that, this management merry-go-round. Yeah. We've got two scenarios. I mean, we've mentioned on here, yeah. Hearty, haven't we? About Cooman, would they stick with him? Where would did they Koeman not? Go wrong? Everton. I mean, apart from the obvious, where he didn't win enough games, we were talking about them as a top seven side. They they finished seventh last year. They did. Where did it go wrong? Where do you? I'm all right. You're a Liverpool fan, Kev, but where do you think it went wrong for him? Well, I, I think he's. Um, we talk about the press. I mean, I, I can't believe. I had a comment made. I think it was uh, Simon Jordan, the old Palace guy. Saying he was a manager almost trying to get the sack. If you listen to his press conferences, every interview from Kuman in the last few weeks, 
has been negative, negative, negative. There, there's been nothing for a fan to hook onto about how we're going to get out of this, how we're going to motivate. And all the talk is that he, you know, I know it's a, a bit of a cliche, lost the dressing room, but they reckon he, the players thought he was playing too defensively. The players weren't getting motivated because they're talking about Unsworth at the moment. The one thing he'll do, he's got respect yeah. at that yeah. club, what he's done with the under-23s. Mm. And he will motivate them. So I think... I mean, why Koeman's gone that way, I don't know, because his track record is but the thing excellent. With, he spent all that money on Sigerson and effectively played him in the wrong position. Crazy. It is. I mean, it is bizarre. But I mean, who, I mean, who do you think... You look at the... You've got Unsworth, right, who's going to go in temporarily. Yeah. You look mm-hmm. at the betting... Yeah, look, you know, Sean Dykes, 5-2, to two, Thomas Tuchel, Dortmund. Then you're into Allardyce, Ancelotti, Moyes... Silver, my man crush, yeah, and then twenty to one gigs and all of that. So I mean, well, I think gigs is just lip service. It, it, you know, who do yeah. Everton want though? Because you, before you answer, that, guys, let me say, Kuman, okay, mm. he's won two titles with Ajax and a double. He's won a Portuguese cup with Benfica. He's won another title with PSV. He's won a Spanish cup with Valencia. Southampton finished seventh and sixth, their highest ever. And now, after 18 months, after Everton finishing seventh last year, he gets the sack. What do they want? Is that the highest ever in the Premiership? For Southampton? Yeah. Six? Yeah. yeah. No, I think they finished higher in 81-82. Right. In the Football go. League. Premier before, League. Before. Yeah. Before. For, for six, football did, come on, didn't start. Six in, in the Premier League. Yeah. He's broken into that top six with yeah. Southampton. Yeah. So what, what do they? What, what do Everton think they're going to get here? Well, Sean, Sean Dyche has uh, had two promotions. Well, it's not, 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 it's not, it's not going to touch it with a barge pole. It's not going to be Sean Well, he won't count it out, will he? He's been asked. He could count it out himself from Leicester, but he didn't from Everton. He might be a safe pair of hands, but is he going to win him any, any trophies? Not a chance. He's a top six manager. You're having a giraffe, aren't you? Sean Dyche? Nah. He's a, he's, I think he's a decent manager. I don't think he could. I think you're doing him a disservice. I don't think he could survive against a changing room full of prima donnas. Show us your medals and that mentality... He, he's done well at Watford and Burnley where they don't have those types of... I'm sure he did a lot at Watford though, did he? He's had a couple don't of promotions at, Watford, but, at Burnley but and a I, I, think, I think he was unfortunate. I think you're doing him a disservice there, Kev. I don't, disservice I, I don't see Sean Dyche being able to manage a side full of world-class players. Well, listen to that 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 resume of Koeman, and then that's forget, and that's not his playing career. Dykes is two championship promotions yeah. in a Premier League relegation, yeah. and yet he's yeah. five to two to get you, this you, job. Can, he's I not, just, yeah. can I just yeah. can I just go back on this? Show yes. us your medals. Yes, right. <laughs> but what do they ever say that to Jose Mourinho? Because he ain't got any. Okay, but what he's done as a manager is okay. When you, you come into so, a dressing room, what, yeah, but you can't, you can't. You, you have to get experience. This is like you the, do have to get experience. Like, a, yes. We had Mason Crane on as a yeah. guest a couple of weeks ago, and there's people going, "You're not experienced at test test cricket." Well, every test cricketer has been an inexperienced yeah. test cricketer, yeah, so and every manager has been an inexperienced. Yes, manager. Yes, but you've got to learn the trade, uh, and that, and uh, you can't but, learn your. Tra- your you, but in, you have to be given a chance, Andy. I don't think he'll, he'll take it. I, I, think oh, I don't think he'd be he, offered he it. He will stick at Burnley, and oh, I can oh, see. I think he'll take it. I can, no, no, it. Yeah. I, oh, I, I can see Burnley being. It. I can see Burnley being getting like that Southampton if he beds in. I, I think. But he lives, he's you in have the northwest, yeah. isn't he? Already, he probably wouldn't even have to move house. Everton's got a big brand. He'll, he'll look at that Everton squad yeah, and think that is underperforming massively. You know, anyone, he's had a great opportunity to just say, to come in 
and have an impact because it's gone so poorly. I, well, I, I would hope loyalty kicks in. I would hope they all well, think been that loyal Burnley for a long yeah, time. Burnley, Burnley. He, I don't he, think he would. It. He would take it. It's a chance to manage a bigger club than he's currently managed. But I don't think Top it'd be offered. Seven club. Yeah. To go back to your point about experience, that's why Unsworth won't get it, regardless of what he does as a caretaker. No. He hasn't managed at this level. Oh, he's managed at all. He's turned down in the last two years Sligo Rovers and Kilmarnock. He's got no ambition to start learning at a lower level. What was the club he went to that he had to leave very quick because his wife didn't realise where it was? Wasn't that Harry Redknapp? Wasn't it West Ham yeah, yeah. he was going to sign for? No, he actually signed, didn't he? And then he yeah. had to go to Aston Villa because his wife didn't realise where <laughs> London was. <laughs> but no, so it's I, always been there. So Andres has got no experience and, yeah. and won't be appropriate. Thomas Tuchel, the fans seem to want to go from the old Dortmund manager. For me, that's the obvious shout. He's young and ambitious. He's surely we're going out, desperate. We're going. I know we're going, but he's... He, Two shells done it at Dortmund. I mean, to be fair, they what finished. What do you mean by done it? He's well, won one German Cup. They finished That's second, second and third in the league. Made the quarterfinals <laughs> of the Champions League. That's experience that Deich Unsworth doesn't. I'm not have. sure he made the quarterfinals of the Champions League. He did it in the Europa, I think, because we uh, Liverpool knocked him out. Jurgen and the boys knocked him out. But but it's one German cut. Is that enough for Dortmund? I, I just think it's a retrograde step. And that, what, just, Tuchel just, or just, Deitch no, or both? No, just, just for domestic football. I just think it's a, it's another British manager missing out on a job. Well, the only British manager I can see of a chance of that job and a chance of being successful at that job is David Moyes if he went back. But they should never go one. back. 11 to 1. Do they want him back? I, that I don't know. But of all the possible British candidates, for me... He's the only credible one. The, uh, the other, the he's on a roll, isn't he? After all, after yeah. Man United and Sunderland, and he was he managed in Spain, he managed to trash every. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. He's done nothing. He's done nothing since. So is he going Everton. back to his comfort zone? Well, a chance to rebuild his career. Yeah, go back to where he's been. Do you think that's a, I mean, you, you are king, king in a bookies here, son. I can't have a no. bet because I'm a, I'm a director. Worthy I actually, cover. if I could have a bet. Would you advise me to have a bet on David Moyes? No, to, to be honest, attractive. I would. I would. Well, he's actually gone out to twenty-eight to one this evening. Ooh, so uh, Thomas Tuchel would be my tip, to be honest, because I think he would definitely take it. He, he's a young but manager. Is that wants good? To, wants to come is that in. good for domestic football? Is it good for domestic football? Probably not. But I'll tell you, it will be good for the fans. I bet if you took a straw poll of Everton fans now and said out of that list. Who would you like? I bet that Thomas Tuchel is the mm. one they go for. Because it's the type of football that Dortmund have played. The style, young, ambitious manager. I think he'd probably be I think still catch Liverpool. I think they'd probably, to be honest, I think the fans would probably choose Ancelotti. But I don't see Ancelotti going back to a no. club as low as Everton. If he comes back to the Premiership at all, it'll be top four, top five so, clubs. So well, let's, touch on, like um, we, let's touch on Leicester amongst us. Now, at the moment, talking about the betting, of course, you know, Claude Puel is about six to one on him. He might have got even more than that. He looks like a, yeah, a, a certainty for that. And if we talk about popularity here, you know, we're saying I think Tuchel would be popular for Everton fans. Now, Puel will not be a popular appointment with Leicester fans, will he? I mean, he's, he well, came out as, Andy said, yeah, but so Andy said when we were talk, talking in the kitchen before he got here, Kev, he, you know, he did do well at Southampton. Southampton, he took them to eighth place. He was effectively sacked for being too boring, playing too negative football, but he got them to the top ten of the Premier League. Crumbs, Leicester City fans, they'd give anything to be boring and stable and top 10 now, wouldn't they? I think they'd jump at the chance. It's got to be the right appointment. You know? Or else I, I can see them 
He has, yes, he has. Look, you know, exactly. He can go. He has. Can't you? He it, could be a good appointment for Brighton, Hartley. No, <laughs> Apple, Appleton would be a good appointment for, for Brighton. Appleton getting the Leicester job, I mean, but would be a good well, appointment for Brighton. The one thing to remember, he finished eighth, and I do know a few Southampton fans, and I heard Letizia talking yeah, about yeah. it, and he, he obviously isn't popular, because, and the view being, that on the face of it, you think, Southampton finished eighth. What a great season. There was a, a whole cluster of clubs with just a couple of points between them. And Southampton actually finished with 17 points less than the previous season under Koeman. So they saw a retrograde step in mm-hmm. terms of football, how entertaining was it, and in what they got. I think it flattered in eighth, but they got to a League Cup final as well to, be, uh, to try That's and true. balance that up, which they should have won, and they were very unlucky against Man United. I mean, to be fair... To, he hasn't done an awful lot of football. He won the French Championship with Monaco, but that was a long time ago. But he has got that. That's Champions League semi-finals with Lyon as well. He has got that. You're Premier talking League him experience. into the job, Kev. I, I, I can't. I mean, I, I, talk him in, I, talk him I looked at the, I looked at this yesterday when uh, when Harty told me this was a, a point to discuss, and he was four to seven then. And to be honest, having looked at the candidates, I punted on him yesterday. So. I'm very pleased that he looks a shoe in now he because it's the one on now. That's my you're, beer money for this weekend, covered. Because you looked at the other potential candidates. Sean Dyche, Dyche we've, we've talked next. about he's him. Said, he's already said he's not interested. Pellegrini, in well, he's earning pots of money in China. Would he come back? To, he might come back to the Premier League, but to Leicester. I Chris Hughes, sixty-six to one yeah. to take the Leicester job. The only other <laughs> one I thought was interesting, and it, it doesn't look like it's going to happen now because Puel is in talks, was Ryan Giggs. He's going to have to start his career somewhere. I, I also feel he should start in the lower leagues and learn his I trade. I think he should start in... Why is no one giving gigs a chance? But because I don't, I don't think you can gamble on it. But I look think, at I think Guardiola, Barcelona, Zinedine Zidane, you know, these, these like star players are going straight in and Giggs is a star player. Yeah, He would get the dressing room. three or four years at yeah, Man U as assistant. Into, but they're going into... All right, we're effective here too. I don't think... You've you've got Zidane and you've got uh, uh, Guardiola going into Barcelona, as you say, Real Madrid. I don't think you could give Giggs the Manchester United job now. Straight no, away. I would, I would, well, they did it. I, I, I mean, he agree had, with that. Well, I mean, he, was, he was number two for about three different managers, wasn't he, Giggs? He was. Two. Well, no, no. What trying do you think now? Because was he Moyes' number two? Was he Moyes' number two? Moyes, Van Gaal. No, Moyes had all his Everton yeah. lot in there, didn't he? Yeah. Moyes had Woods and, and Rowley. But he was at the club for a good while. But but, but you think someone? I would make, even like the, when Swansea job came up, I was really surprised he wasn't. Uh, it is surprising no one's jumped in. And I, I actually feel he he should. I know his ego won't let him to manage any lower, but I think he should take a championship job really and learn his trade at that level. Uh, but but even then, that's hell of a gamble because it's a, such a competitive league, mm. and if you if it doesn't go right. You got people like, right. oh, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, he's, he can't. He's. The only Alan Partridge. Well, the other what for Leicester? Yeah, he's got more chance of Alan Partridge. The know. other candidate possibly that we haven't mentioned and is British is Chris Coleman for Leicester. If yes, Puel, yeah. for whatever reason, doesn't happen, I could see that as a potential alternative. Well, Wales want to extend his contract, don't they? They so. do, but you know, but. Uh, he maybe his time's gone at international level. I know he hasn't managed in the Premier League for ten years now, but so if we get off the fence on this, I think we're all saying well, Puel looks to be a shoe in. So for you guys, call it. Who's going to be the next Everton manager, Harty? In your opinion, reluctantly, I think you're right with the German. 
Thomas Tuchel. Yeah. And for you? That's who I've got, Thomas Tuchel. Tuchel as well. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. Uh, just one quick one, though, yeah. because I, as I said, I, I have looked at the betting this evening, and somebody who's come in from fourteen to one to five to one yesterday uh, is Marco Silva, the current Watford manager. There's been a big. There's been a Marco Silva. Yeah. is killed. They will pull him in. For the <laughs> there's been a. There's been a big. He's, he's, been why would I kill him? Yeah. You know that Alan Partridge. You know that Alan Partridge episode when he goes in the room. There's all the pictures. That's his bedroom with Marco Silva. The only thing I'd say about football management appointments is there's a lot of people who get to know about it a, t- a while before the appointment yeah, is made. Yeah. There's been a lot of money for Silva. It is possible, just possible, that Everton have sounded out. Watford about the level of compensation that might be necessary and if that slipped out that could explain the money going in I think he's the next Arsenal manager Marco Silva you think so I think he's the next Arsenal yeah he's in Watford already he's he's, he's moving close (laughs) he's even positioned himself geographically so I would say Thomas Tuchel but if Watford were to take a few million in compensation then Silva is an equally good candidate he'll end up at Barnet (laughs) So, gentlemen, that takes us into our, our wrap-up. Of course, yeah. it's super cool versus major tool in terms of getting our nominations yeah. over the last week. Yeah. So, uh, let's start off with uh, with super cool with you, Harty. Right, Adam Barner, nine years old, Huddersfield fan, found a fiver outside oh, I didn't see this one. and sent it to Adam Mui for scoring a goal. Ah, I like that. Sent one, him a fiver because he couldn't he couldn't keep it because it wasn't his. So he wanted it to go to a good home. So he so he sent it to the Huddersfield player that scored against Manchester United. Nice. You know, it's a, not a bad lad, and it and it actually, you know, everyone's having a go at kids and and stuff like that, and and the youth of today and the Jeremy Carl generation. But you've got a kid there of nine years old who's actually written a letter as well. That was the thing that really got me was that he wrote a letter. It wasn't an email. It wasn't a you know, yeah, yeah. oh I've got a fiver, come and get it. Yeah. He sent them a letter by post with the five pound note in the letter fantastic and how about you come on okay well mega cool i struggled a little bit it was going to be aguero had he scored last night he'd have taken the man city record of goals scored if he didn't have the dodgy football we'd have been fine wouldn't he but instead (laughs) and you're gonna hate me uh it's got to be that nutmeg by Deli alley on emery yeah, <laughs> at the weekend. Uh, what a glorious little bit of nutmeg that was! And uh, that was, if you're talking about mega cool, that was mega cool, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah super cool, yeah, super, super cool, super cool. Yeah. Super cool. Um, well, I had. Uh, I thought it was, you know, Ronaldo's just won the FIFA World Player yeah, of the Year, yeah. isn't he? He got he got over forty percent of the vote there. Um, yeah. Kane, I would say as well. But I'm going to go just from you know Carabao Cup time with. Uh, Eddie Nikita, Nikita, I don't know if you saw that, came off the bench for Arsenal, uh, scored two goals, didn't he, to get the 2-1 win against Norwich. I think the first was within about 15 seconds of coming on. It sort of uh, reminded me of old Michael Owen banging one in against, uh, it was at Sellers, wasn't it, against Wimbledon back in 96, when you see that. It's great, isn't it, when you see a young kid come on, 16-17. Rashford did it as well, didn't he? And just turning a game like that, so... Let's hope we hear more from him as well. We had it with Jake Robinson, didn't we? Yeah. Where did it all go wrong? (laughs) So, uh, Major Tool. So, Andy, from your perspective, Major Tool from the weekend. Okay, it's a little bit tricky because mine requires video evidence, which isn't great for a podcast, but (laughs) people can Google it. But they can Google this and they'll easily find it. It was last Saturday in Thailand. 
Oh, and the goalkeeper it's for keep it to sporting. The goalkeeper <laughs> for one of your videos. I'm going to show you two in a minute, and you can react and explain to the listeners yeah. what's going on. It's a cup semi-final. It's gone to a penalty shootout. It is 19 all, and wow. the goalkeeper thinks they've missed. And I'll let you see this, and you can have yeah. a little. You're going to have to commentate for our listeners here, Andy, as to what happened. Okay, so he's taken the shot. He's hit the bar. It's bounced back. The goalkeeper is celebrating. He's running up the pitch for his teammates, but the backspin from the ball after hitting the bar, it's landed on the penalty spot and it's backspun all the way back into the goal. The goal counts and the goalkeeper's team loses because he went off celebrating too early. He is the major tool sort of, of the week. <laughs> so, yeah, go- Google it. It'll still be out there for a while, I'm sure. Just type in Thailand goalkeeper. Uh, you'll, you'll <laughs> make sure you put goalkeeper. We get young kids listening. You'll to this. find make it. Sure you it was amazing. I must have had to watch it twenty times uh, yesterday when I first saw it. It was it's unbelievable. Marvelous stuff. And um, Harty, major you. tool, FIFA, FIFA, FIFA. You gone from the FA to FIFA. FIFA for giving the Celtic fans an award. I think you actually need to Google and look in the last twenty years. How many times Celtic fans have, have been charged over bad behaviour and how we can turn around and now give them an award for being marvellous fans. And was that award was linked to the Lisbon Lions, wasn't it? Did they base it on just like a one off thing? No, I it was think... for the Celtic fans, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, but I think the Yeah, but their, that was fifty years ago. Was, but, was but because then, of their what yeah, they did for the Lisbon Lions Lisbon in the Lions, ground, but, I mean, but, at the event, you know, but, you know, the game and all but that. Then just so we'll forget all the bigotry and the <laughs> hatred. And we'll do that because they did a little mural for the Lisbon Lions. Great story, the Lisbon Lions. Don't get me wrong. I just think that they probably need to have a look at these things. I think all these FIFA awards are, are all a bit bent anyway, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> <You're not having laughs> <it>. Allegedly. <laughs> well, for me, I, I thought, again, I, I've gone all Carabao Cup this week, but I thought uh, Papa Soiree for Palace, who, <laughs> after getting hammered 4-1 by Bristol City, Thought it would be a great idea to throw his shirt into the Palace fans. And of course, immediately got it thrown back at him. Which, I mean, what goes through your head as a player to walk off and throw your shirt into the crowd after a 4-1 defeat to Bristol City? But that happened at the Albion, didn't it? Jamie O'Hara threw his into when, when Wolves played the Albion he, on the last... It was ironic. He'd been booed the entire game yeah. because yeah. the Wolves fan, he was in, I don't know, about 45 grand a week or something, and they felt he was just uh, taking the money and not giving anything for it. They booed him the whole match. And as you say, he walked over, he was he was very polite, he thanked them, he clapped them, he threw his shirt <laughs> and then <laughs> threw his shirt back again, yeah. yeah. Right. There you go. But the, he wasn't quite so complimentary about them down the tunnel later on. Yeah. <laughs> good days, good days. Well, thank you, uh, Andy, for, for joining us. It's been, uh, it's, been, it's been really great to have you on. And uh, I think, as usual for everyone out there, as we mentioned, you can get this on... Uh, iTunes, uh, you get it on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all the usual routes. So do uh, have a listen, share it out there with your friends, and we shall return, Mr. Hart, next week. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks, Andy. See you again soon. Thank you.